We really should stop this fighting. Otherwise, we'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. And welcome, everybody, to Suck It. I am the great and powerful King of Kings, Prince of all that is awesome. Derek, how is everybody tonight on this Tuesday? January 19th of the year, that is 2021. Woo! Already 19 days into the year, and it feels like we're falling apart. But hey, it is what it is. Um, I hope that you're on your journey to well-being, because we, all this infighting and all this finger-pointing just needs to stop, and we just need to come together as human beings and come together as... Americans and just hold hands and sing Kumba fucking ya. Please, can we do that? <laughs> but if not, whatever. Punch each other in the face. I don't care. Uh, but anyway, on to bigger and better things. Tonight, I have a great guest with me tonight who is a musician. He's a photographer. He's a bike and car guy. He's a little bit of everything. This guy is like a jack of all trades. The, a, you know, a... Disciple of everything, a master of nothing kind of thing. <laughs> but hey, you know, um, the more you know, the better off you are, right? But let's have some fun. Let's have some talking. Let's get down to knit and gritty and have a little bit of fun and talk about everything in between. So without any further ado, please welcome to the show, Mr. Byron Tap. Hey, man, how are you? Hey, Derek. Good to be here. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, you know, anything I can do to take my mind and, you know, everything off of the, the crappiness that is the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we just need a distraction. We do. We freaking do. And yeah. you know what? I, I'm so glad that I have this show as a distraction. Cause let me tell you what, if I didn't, I don't know what I would be doing in my life right now. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I have to have something like music or art or anything you know something to keep my mind occupied otherwise i just go crazy yeah i mean this is you know unprecedented times i mean you know unlike anything that we've ever seen in our lifetime and you know even our you know the generation before us i mean nothing like this has ever occurred since right before yeah. you know the roaring 20s in 1918 i mean yeah, even I, then i don't think it was this bad it there's always been a division there but with tech and the speed of information now, you know, it, it's, it's, it's made the world so much smaller, you know? Um, yeah, I can see that. It's, it's definitely I, had an effect on it. Yeah. You know, without the internet, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Certainly. Same. You know, I mean, I, I've always been into music and, you know, jammed with you know friends but um this just makes it possible to reach i mean worldwide audience 
Yeah, I mean, that's how I feel about it. And, you know, the internet is definitely a blessing and a curse. I mean, there's yeah. no two ways around it. I mean... Yeah, and it's still in its infancy, basically. It really is. I mean... Yeah. I mean, the internet's younger than I am. I mean, younger than you are, and, you wow. know, I mean... A lot of things are younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be 60 years old this year, man. 60. Really? Yeah. I would have never guessed, to be honest with you. I don't feel like it. I mean, I just feel like a big, dumb kid. Oh, no. I mean, I'm I'm 39. I'll be 40 this year, but I feel like I'm 60 going on 70. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, there's days. <laughs> and my body is falling apart. You know, I have hip, hip issues. I've got neck issues. Uh, I've got shoulder issues. I'm just, I'm yeah. falling apart. Yeah, I, I farmed for 22 years, and um, man, a lot of hard manual labor, and there's days I'm just surprised I can even walk, you know. Yeah, I but, I wrestled uh, professionally for 15 years, and um, cool. I was also an MMA fighter, so my, my body's been beaten up. <laughs> Ouch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got some scars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can probably fill an episode a day for probably about two years. <laughs> on all the different scars and broken bones and everything else I've been, you know, it's happened in my lifetime. I shouldn't be walking. <laughs> yeah. I've never thought about that. Like, no, I should not be walking. I should be in like a wheelchair. Yeah. With a home how, care nurse. How is it that I'm how is it that I'm still alive? Right? How is it that I'm still alive? I should have like a home care nurse that wipes my ass every day, you know. Yeah. But I, I'm but instead I Get to make jokes and come on here and talk shit. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, if you can't if you can't make fun of yourself a bit, you know, I just try not to take things too damn seriously. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Me too, buddy. Me too. So why yeah. don't you tell my audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, uh, Brian Tapp. Um, I live in Austin, Minnesota, which is in the southern part of the state. Um, we're home of the Spam Museum. Yay. <laughs> Whatever. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's their claim to fame here. Um, I farmed for 22 years. Um, farming quit me. And I went back to school and learned um, computer networking, network infrastructure and security. Worked in IT for a few years and got out of it and divorced. Um, and then remarried 11 years ago and um, a wonderful woman, uh, Bonnie. And um, about, well, let's see, it was in 2016, um, my 30 year old son was murdered. And I kind of went into a funk for a while and didn't feel like doing anything. And I just, my son and I always liked music. You know, and we, we would turn each other on to different bands and stuff like he turned me on to Neutral Milk Hotel and um, um, uh, the Decemberists. And, and so I kind of thought, well, I, I, I got my guitar and I just started noodling with it. And then the next thing I know, I'm recording it. And then the next thing I know, I'm buying another guitar and then I'm buying another, you know, guitar pedals. And now if you look around in my studio, <laughs> there's like. I think I've got 23 guitars and I you know I've lost track and how many pedals I've got, but I, you know, I, I use them to do the ambient guitar stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I started with, with ditch um, and 
Hood and Associates. And the music that I was producing at that point, I thought it was what people wanted me to make and I wasn't comfortable doing it. So I, I, I stopped and I just said, I wanna go back to the, the guitar looping and the ambient sound that I'm comfortable with because I know how I want that to sound and I'm doing it because I like doing it. You know, I'm at the point now where I'll re record, you know, a song and mix it and get it done and I'll listen to it and I'm like, okay, yeah, I like that. And maybe someone else will like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if they don't, that's fine. I'll continue to make it whether they do or not. Exactly. Yeah. But, and I, you know, I cook. Um, my wife hasn't touched a pot or a pan <laughs> in 11 years. You know, I, I keep teasing her. I go, well, what are you making for supper tonight? And she's like, oh my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I also, I also, I do carpentry work. I, we're currently remodeling our house right now. I live in a 126 year old house and um, I build cafe racer motorcycles. Um, trying to trying to keep myself out of trouble. <laughs> so again, like I said, a, a jack of all trades, a master of none, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I, I self-taught everything because you know, when I was farming, I couldn't afford to pay somebody to do the work for me. So I would learn how to do my own, you know, like plumbing and wiring and framing and finish work and you name it. I mean, doing your own auto repairs. Of course, now you can't do that because everything's, you know, computer chip and replace it. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, what you just said, you know, definitely pertains to the current state of affairs in kind of a roundabout way. You know, like you just said, you know, at the time when you were farming, you really couldn't afford to pay anybody to teach you these things or, you know, farm out, you know, to get those things done. So you made an effort to learn it yourself in order to have that, you know, that trade along with it. So right. and at, the, at the same time, I'm developing a skill that I can, you know, continue to use. Exactly. So the way I want to, you know, kind of, you know, tie this into the current state of affairs is because, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people sitting at home right now, you know, with the highest, you know, unemployment rate we've ever had before in our lives that are sitting at home saying, woe is me collecting unemployment, collecting their severance and not, you know, and being upset, which rightfully so, I mean, don't get me wrong. They have every reason to be upset, but they're not taking any additional steps to maybe learn a craft, maybe learn something new, look back at their 13 year old self and say, Hey, wait a second. Yeah. Why, why didn't I pursue this dream of mine when I was 13? It was stupid think, then, but is it still stupid now? I mean, come on. I can, yeah, I think I can pull I, that off. I think you, you're going to see a lot of people changing career directions because of this. Mm -hmm. They've had, you know, they've had time for some self-reflection and, you know, are they, are they happy with where they're at? Were they happy before? What can I do to change that? You know, that's kind of the attitude that I always try to maintain. Yeah, and that's how I feel about it, too, because, I mean, that's pretty much what, you know, kind of forced me into doing this this year. I mean, granted, my show was already, you know, up and running, and I was, you know, building an audience and stuff like that, but then I lost my job, and I was like, you know what? I've already got this going for me. Might as well yep. make it bigger. What else can I do? What can I learn? How can I make this grow? And I, I took everything I had and put it into this. 
and yeah. it's worked out for me. And I see a lot of other people doing that, but at the same time, I don't see a lot of people doing that too. It's it's kind of a 50-50 mix and blend, and it's just like, get out there, you know, uh, you know, appease the child in you. What did you want to do when you were 12? <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's going to do it for you. Exactly. You know, nobody's going to do it for you. You've got you've to take the initiative and, and want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, with one of the things I focus on the show is, you know, mental health and, you know, and the barriers that sometimes we have to face on a daily basis. And, you know, as somebody who suffers from severe mental health issues, you know, I'm a firm believer in the fact that the only person that's ever put a wall in front of you preventing you doing what you can do is you. You're the only one that builds that wall. You know, well, my boss doesn't want me to do this or my boss this, my wife this, or I have, you know, this or no, you're putting up those walls and we got to fight. Yeah. You're the one that determines whether or not you want to proceed in 19 in 90. No, it's in 2000. um, I was diagnosed with acute anxiety disorder and uh, depression. And I remember what, what led up to that is, I spent a week in my house because I couldn't go outside. I wanted to, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't mentally, you know, get myself to take the steps to go outside. And it was terrible. Mm-hmm. I remember my, my German shepherd at the time, she was, I was in my kitchen leaning up against the counter and I was just looking at the floor and I look up and there she is looking at me with this look on her face, like what's wrong you know, are you okay? And I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do this. So, you know, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta take the first step to do things. Gotta sound like Jordan Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not wrong. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, look at what you did. I mean, out of, you know, a horrible tragedy and, you know, I'm sorry that you had to deal with that, you know, back in 2016 i mean yeah as nobody a father, should, nobody yeah you know I, I i am a firm believer in you know we should never bury our kids or kids are supposed to bury us and exactly that's a horrible tragedy but out of that tragedy you've now built this you know yeah to, to live on your son's dream i mean and, and kind of share that with him and in, in this way and which i think is beautiful i mean it's amazing that you've done so yeah I, you know, um, shortly before his, his death, I, I bought him a, um, a Fender acoustic guitar, a six string. And I, I have that, of course, never, um, you know, never be able to get rid of that. But um, yeah, I just kind of thought, you know, his, <laughs> his solution that he, what he probably would have told me is get off your ass, go get some tequila and some Coke and <laughs> you know, and hit it. <laughs> you know, that was his attitude. So I just kind of, yeah, he would he would want me to do this and he would enjoy this. So just kind of doing it for him, I guess. And that there's no other better reason in the world. I mean, yeah, doing it for yourself is 100%, you know, first and foremost. But, you know, there's other reasons too. And that's yeah. no, nothing better in the world um, to be able to honor your son that way. So my hat's off to you. Um, no problem. Um, again, you deserve that. Now, um, the ambient music that you, you put together, you know, I've always, you know, wondered 
you know, because I'm a musician as well, I'm, but I'm a hardcore metal guy. I love loud things in my ear. And yeah. even, you know, when I go to bed at night and I listen to music, I just listen to the acoustic versions of those same songs. But I love that, you know, that type of sound. Yeah. And I've always wondered what the motivation is and what inspires you and what the end result is with with that type of ambient or quote unquote elevator music, which I hate that term. <laughs> yeah. um, I hate that term. So I'm not insulting you with that. I'm, I'm just using it to <laughs> to uh, for other people to understand. Um, so, you know, what's the motivation behind that? What drives you to make that style of music? I, you know, I grew up listening to uh, like Pink Floyd, early Pink Floyd, you know, um, Robin Trower. Um, yes, a lot of, you know, classic rock. And I've, I was always drawn more towards the kind of orchestral sound. Um, even the, you know, the Beatles did a lot of that with um, cello and um I just always have liked that and even classical music. I mean, and I, I like the, you know, I like all kinds of music, but I just, for me, I enjoy making the, the multidimensional, you know, the comes at you in waves type of music. Uh, that's, that's what I've been doing a lot of lately. Yeah, and I've noticed that in listening through your catalog on Spotify, which is, by the way, tagged in the uh, description of this video and and the podcast. Um, it does have a lot of this, you know, some of it, not all of it, though, um, does have that. I can hear the inspiration of the the Zeppelins and the, uh, you know, yeah. Pink Floyd and the yeah. you know Beatles it's, it's and stuff like there. that. Yeah, it's there. Oh, absolutely. It's just like you know, if you took the words out and just kind of recreated those sounds and, you know, add a little bit more orchestra, you know, symphonic sounds and, yeah. and that's what you got. And it's really, it's really calming, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, yeah. for lack of a better word, it really is. And well, it's, nice. I've been listening to a lot of um, stoner rock and desert rock lately, instrumental. Mm -hmm. Love it. Oh my God. I can't get enough of it. it. It's always on in my garage where I'm working on bikes or something, you know, um, I just it's on 24 7 out there and it's yeah I, I got into that a couple of years ago and i'm like yeah this is amazing that I, you know i've never gotten into stoner rock or anything like that but i mean i mean everybody loves a good real big fish every now and again or you know yeah. um grateful dead or stuff like that um but that was never one of my biggest things um but I, again, I can tell again listening through your, your, yeah. you know, your your track list. It's there. That's there as well, and I like that about you. Um, it's not the same, you know, type of rhythm. It's not the same type of blend. It's not the. It's a little bit different every time, and it doesn't fall into one style or one, you know, type of melody. And it's really, it's yeah. nice. It's nice and different. And and. There's been quite an evolution in it as well. Um, like I said, what I started with, I was using a lot of um, um, production apps on my on my iPad, and more and more app based than guitar based. And I really didn't like the direction it was going. It it was kind of um, 
it was limiting, you know, and with the guitar I can do, I'm the one that's controlling it more than, you know, a, a setting on an app. So I, I just enjoy it more. And I think it sounds better. Oh, it, it really does. Um, how did you get hooked up with uh, Hood and Associates? <laughs> Fluke. Um, I I made a video with some with original music that I'd posted on Instagram, and Ditch contacted me and asked me if I wanted to join up, and I said, "Yeah, sure, this sounds fun." And that was uh, three years ago now. Wow. Two and a, two and a half, three years ago. So yeah, I got in on the ground floor with him. So. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of the other artists that they have on there, you know, they have to do have a couple of rock artists, but it's mainly you know rap and stuff like that. Yeah. And then then you yeah. would, and I was like, this is interesting. You know, when he first sent me you the other, <laughs> you know, last week, I was like, okay, let me let me see what this is about. And I was like, you know, I and I like that because you know, especially with a, a you know, um, the label that is you know Hood and Associates. You know, when you hear that, it's like, oh, you're going to get nothing but rappers. But then yeah. you look at their their artist list, and it's like, oh, wait a second. It's not. It's more than that. And I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not all, I mean, yeah. I, I think he's doing a good thing, and God, the guy's got the energy of 10 of me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is, he is uh, he's a good cat, though. Um, I enjoy yeah. working with him. Um, he's gotten me some great people, including yourself. So, you know, I can't, I'm not going to complain. Um, and that's another thing that I love about what I do now is, you know, getting to meet and talk to all these different walks of life, you know, um, especially the ones that go under the radar. Yeah. You know, the indie artists and the ones that, you know, quote unquote, make that, like I said, for lack of a better term, elevator music. Elevator music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the sounds that you hear. You know, whether you're on, you know, on hold for the government or calling Comcast or whatever, you know, yeah. that ambient music. And somebody put their time and effort into that. And yeah. I don't think a lot of like, and those, especially like musicians that are, that do scores for, um, for movies and stuff like that, they don't get a lot of the recognition they deserve. Right. Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of the direction I'd like to see some of this take is you know the the ambient background music for in, independent film or because when I'm watching a when I'm watching a film I'm paying <laughs> I'm paying attention to the the way that it's shot uh, <laughs> the lighting <laughs> the camera angles but more I'm listening to the soundtrack the the ambient sound behind the you know the dialogue and I'm like yeah that's very similar to what I make. Yeah, I mean, because, like, look at one of the, the best movies, you know, in the last 40-plus uh, 40 years with one of the greatest soundtracks and, you know, music catalog behind it, you know, Star Wars. And, you know, everyone remembers, okay, John Williams did all that. Okay, yeah. but you also forget the London Symphony Orchestra was behind that. They're the one who actually played it. Did you, right. did you forget about them? Oh, no, we just remember John Williams, the composer. Okay, great. Yeah. Don't forget, you know, that the London Symphony Orchestra, they're the ones that did the dun, 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 you know, yeah. they're the ones that did that. And I, and I, a lot of people forget the people behind the scenes a lot of the times. And I like, I like being able to, you know, bring that to the surface and to the forefront. 
yeah that i mean that's just something that I, I don't know how i started doing it but you know i'd be the guy sitting in the theater at the end while they're rolling credits looking at all the names and what the jobs are and what they do and i'm like wow there's a lot of people involved in this you know yeah um back about 14 years ago i was uh, married and i, I w went through a divorce at the time um but my my first ex-wife um her dad was an editor for abc for a long time for 30 some mm -hmm. years um he worked the booth you know for good morning america you know did the olympics even won an emmy for the olympics wow yeah and so when i was with her um it was one of those things where she made me sit through the credits of every movie because again <laughs> like we were just talking about you know yeah. those people get forgotten and yeah. you know since her dad was one of those people that got forgotten she wanted to make sure that she gave them the time of day right um which kind of worked out in my favor because after we got divorced and all the marvel movies started coming out and they put an end credit scene i just got well, i was so used to it anyway might as well sit through them anyway right. um <laughs> but again you know it's one of those things where people just you know they need to get the recognition they deserve i mean it doesn't matter if they're a lighting person or the person yeah. who wrote the you know the soundtrack behind it all they're people and they work their asses off just as hard yeah. as everybody else yeah that's one of, one of the things that always kind of grinds me is the, the fact that, you know, uh, corporate radio never really gives a shot anymore to up-and-comers. No. Um, and there's, my God, there's so much really good music out there and so much talent that never gets airtime. It just, it's crazy. Yeah. So... It's funny that you bring that up because that's actually the whole idea behind me talking to you and a bunch of other people that I've talked to as well. So, you know, bigger, you know, broader span than that, um, not only do the, you know, terrestrial radio, which I think is dying anyway, um, doesn't showcase the people that need to be showcased, but at the same time, you know, this past year, look at you know, all the major acts that didn't put anything out that didn't, Oh wow. That, yeah. that sat back and said, Hey, we can't tour. So we're not going to make any new music for you. There, yeah, there's just, a, there was exceptions, but yeah, they just put it on hold though. I mean, correct. Instead but, of using the time to do, you know, do something productive and maybe go in a different direction. No, they just said, well, no, exactly. We're just, no, we're not doing it. But then all of these indie artists, indie bands stepped yeah. up and said, Hey, wait a second. I still want to put out music, you know, it's time I, I, to shine. It's, and it was. And yeah. when I noticed that, because when I started, I, I started noticing it in around October, um, September, October, to where I was opening up my Spotify, you know, and I was opening up my Amazon music and I would see all these different artists that I've never heard of before in the spotlight and featured. And I would go back and do some research on them, like an indie band on an indie label. Yeah. And then I was like, started doing more research and I found you know, this uh, PR guy that handles nothing but indie guys. And I reached out to him and I just been in, you know, in interviewing just indie artists since then. Yeah. Um, and then ditch hit, hit me up and I was like, okay, I'll do you guys as well. Indie, indie, indie. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And, um, and I've been really hitting hard on the indie artists because again, same thing. They go unnoticed. They get yeah. swallowed up by these bigger bands, but those bigger bands aren't there for us right now, guys. 
the indie no. artists are. Yeah, that that's one hundred percent accurate. You know, they. I, I don't know if it's a, it's a we're better than you thing that they have, or if it's just we've made it so we can sit back now and. I don't know. I think it's more, I don't know if it's so much them, the the band, they might be in some cases, but I also think it's big money corporate, you know, BMG or Sony or, you know, all these different recording companies that say, wait a second, you know, we don't make money off of album sales anymore. So if you don't, if you don't tour, we don't make money. So right. why put out, why are we putting this out? Now I can extend your contract, make you still owe me this kind of stuff. I can get more merch sales out of you. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this for yeah. another year, but we're going to make you hold off. So I don't, I wonder how much it is of that versus the band saying, Hey guys, we're not going to put this out for a while. I'm sure it's a combination a of both. Yeah. 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 And, and that's a sad, sad fact because you know, bands that you have just loved for the last 10, 15, maybe 20 years, that has always been there for you. But then when yeah. the time was at its worst, you see their true colors. And that's, that's really sad. Yeah. It, it just, yeah. It shows the depth of their character, I guess, <laughs> or lack thereof. Lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, again, there's so much other good stuff out there that we need to remember that and give credit where credit is due. If you're looking on Spotify if you're looking on Amazon or wherever you get your music um, and you see something new and different, if it's in the genre that you like, give yeah. it a shot. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's indie. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, whatever. Give them a shot. You yeah, never know. Yeah, give them a listen. And you, you might might accidentally enjoy it, you know. Well, the, uh, something similar happened to me this year that I actually turned out, you know, I actually enjoyed so being that there wasn't very many obviously there wasn't any you know live concerts this year um i kind of like you know like everybody else have taken to watching virtual streams or virtual concerts and stuff like that when when they're out there and um even though this person isn't an indie artist it was an artist that i never really followed never really enjoyed but because of what they did for the music industry at the time you know i was like Okay, they deserve my attention. So the person I'm talking about is Miley Cyrus. Back in September, October, I can't remember when it was, she was part of the Save Our Stage, um, Save Our Stages concert, you know, series for right. charity to you know raise money for different you know small concert venues that were losing money and on verge of bankruptcy and closing up shop. And I I watched her you know do her thing. And I was really impressed. I'm like, you know, I'm not a Miley fan, but I give her give her the chance. She's doing this out of the, yeah. for free on YouTube, yeah. you know, just for charity. That's it. You can watch it for free anytime. And I gave yeah, her that. I don't, I don't follow the, that particular style of music, but I have the utmost respect for that level of performance. Exactly. exactly. You know? And because, because of that, I had learned a couple different things that, you know, her next album that she was going to put out was more 80s um, female hair metal type music, you know, kind of like that Joan Jett sound. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm, I might give that album a listen. And it came out earlier in December, and I was like, you know what? This is actually a pretty damn good album. So, <laughs> you know, if, if a hardcore metal guy can, you know, 
swallow his pride and listen to Miley Cyrus and come on here and brag about how good she really is, you yeah. know, you can take a second and say, wait a second, let me give this indie artist uh, a piece of time because they deserve it. Yeah. When I was a kid, my, my parents both enjoyed music. My mom had a really eclectic uh, collection of 45s. <laughs> wow. And my, my dad was big into um, like Hank Williams, uh, Johnny Cash, that was pretty much all that, you know, was played in the house. And I, to this day, I still like Hank and uh, Johnny Cash, big Cash fan. Actually, uh, lucky enough to have seen him in 76. Uh, I'm like third row and right in front. And there he is, the man in black himself. You know, it's just a fantastic concert. Oh, my but, God. Uh, yeah, that was, I, I will never forget that. That would have been the epitome of everything I would ever want to do. Um, oh, Cash, you know. I mean, just cool. I mean, <laughs> just cool, you know. Yeah, Cash is one of those guys that crosses every genre, and yeah. there's nobody in the world that would ever say anything negative about him or his music. I mean, yeah. rap to R&B to country to music, you know, to obviously metal and everything else like that, too. Everybody respects and loves that man. Yeah, it's just he's just you know I mean cool factor one hundred you know, like more like one hundred one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he's he starts he starts every he's so cool that he starts everybody else's coolness factor. Um, yeah. It it kind of spreads out to everybody else. Um, but you know, again, you know, even with that being said, there's not many people out there like him anymore and um but yet you know we we tried to find somebody like that and then kind of put all of our efforts into that one person or yeah. one band or whatever else and then if it's anything outside of that we kind of i mean now i'm not saying this is of everybody um but it was outside of that we again turn a blind eye and we don't even notice it we have our blinders on Right. And forget some of the yeah. other good stuff that's out there. Yeah, there there are, you know, up and coming cash types out there. But, you know, there's just so many people doing music now, you know, and they get they don't get the they don't get the attention that they deserve. Yeah. And, and they're hard to find, you know, because there's a, there's so much competition. Well, on top of that, the ones that don't get the recognition they deserve, um, because of the you know now accessibility of internet and anyone can upload to Spotify or iTunes and shit like that. Right. You know now, it's become a anyone that can afford to buy Pro Tools or whatever else can make an album, and right. some of that shit that's coming out there is just it literally is shit. And they're giving yeah. other indie artists a bad name. So these yeah. people are like, well, if they're not signed, I don't, I don't want to hear them. Because look, right. I listened to this other indie artist. It was crap. So why should I give anybody else a time of day? And I think that's yeah. part of the problem, too. Yeah. Also, you know, with famous performers from back in the day, there were a lot fewer genres, you know. So there there were, you know, little, little subgenres in country music and rock and roll or blues and jazz but not like there is today my, oh god. my god i mean ambient itself or you know instrumental rock has got so many different genres that my god just pick one you probably fit in it yeah 
Well, I mean, yeah. that's just the case with like, you know, aside from like ambient music or and everything else like that. I and mean, then like, just look at the rock genre in general. Right. There's so many different, you know, subgenre, oh. and then a subgenre of a subgenre, and you right. know, this and it's like it's so in depth. But then you look at like other types of music. We don't ha- they don't have other those other types of things. I mean, there's not. 50 yeah. different subgenres of R&B. There's not 50 different subgenres of rap. There's a couple, but there's not yeah. like as many as there is in rock. Um yeah. and, classical and, music is classical music exactly. all day long. There are <laughs> you know, you know, country too. I mean, there's a couple subgenres of of country, there's a couple subgenres of pop. But other yeah. than that, you then you come over to rock. You got rock, metal, hardcore, punk, you know, thrash, yeah. this, hair metal, this yeah. and that. it's like yeah. <laughs> it gets yeah. so overwhelming, and then yeah. on top of that, you've got feuding in in that inside of that to where now it's like oh, I only listen to hardcore music, or I only um, listen to death metal. I only and it's like again that blinders on again to where yeah. we don't see the other good stuff that's out there. Yeah, I you know um, I remember when uh, Nirvana hit the you know hit the waves, and I'm like, my God, what is this? <laughs> you know because up, up until that point you know american music was so you know homogenized and dumbed down and it's like all of a sudden somebody's punching in the teeth going hey <laughs> wake the hell up yeah grunge was that because there was always heavy metal but heavy metal got drowned out big time by hair metal in the 80s right and grunge was that transition from hair metal back to regular metal, in my opinion. Um, uh, yeah. I it was that stepping stone. Because yeah. when you look at even bands like Pantera, you know, their first album was a hair metal album. I mean, they were right. straight up hair metal. And then all of a sudden they kind of converted to what they were then at that time. And yeah. just this monster metal band. And I think yeah. grunge had a lot to do with that. It was a nice stepping stone for other bands to kind of say, hey, wait a second. Let's go back to what we were doing before. I mean, now we're going to be overshadowed by these guys. This is the new thing. Let's go yeah. ahead and recreate what we used to do. Grunge woke everybody back up to, hey, this is what this is what rock and roll is supposed to be, people. Yeah. Yeah. Not the, you know? uh, the sex, drugs, alcohol, and long hair of the 80s. <laughs> yeah. It was more about, it's where, you know, we, we, we lost focus of the music and right. got focused on the glamour of it all. Yeah, and these guys were doing it, you know, like bands like Mudhoney, you know, they were just, they're doing it because they love doing it. Um, same way with Nirvana, you know, um, they just, they liked what they were doing. They liked the sound. Plus it was kind of counter counterculture at the time. And yeah, you yeah. know, Mudhoney, Pixies, Soundgarden, yeah. you know, Nirvana, um, Pearl Jam. I mean, the list goes on and on and yeah. on. And, you know, it was a start of a revolution, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I mean, it really kind of, again, like you said, kind of kicked people's tail back into saying, hey, let's get back yeah. to music. We don't yeah. care what we look like. We don't care about the, yeah. the stage setup. We're just playing here music. Let's just do this. Yeah, we're not we're not a status band. We're we're just here to make music. If you don't like it, get the fuck out. Yeah, we don't need pyro. We don't need right. big, you know, shiny neon lights and yep. you know, makeup and everything else like that. Let's let's just get back to music. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people forget that grunge was more than just a phase. It was actually a stepping stone. Yeah, yeah. It it woke people up to what music really should sound like, you know, and what it stood for. Yeah. You know. 
So especially rock. I mean, rock started out as anti-establishment. You know, you know, yeah. fuck this and you know, fuck them and everybody else in between. <laughs> yeah. You know, look at look back at what Ozzy was doing in the seventies, and you know, the Stones and everybody else that were you know kind of had that forefront going, and then all of a sudden hair metal showed up and they were like, let's just yeah. make money and have lots of sex and drink lots of alcohol. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah then it lost its way. It, 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 it all, it all tasted and sounded the same. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, this sounds just like, you know, you go through the dials on the radio and, and it just, uh, this sounds the same. This sounds the same. This sounds the same. It's like, come on guys. We know, we understand, you know, that's what the market, demands at the time but you know no original thought or you know very formulaic i didn't i didn't like that yeah i mean if you look at some of these bands from the 80s um specifically hair metal that came back out and you know did another tour later on in the 2000s or even the 2010s um that when you went to their shows if you were an 80s kid it was only 80s kids there reliving their youth. You didn't see 13-year-olds and 15-year-olds and, you know, this yeah. age of ranges or ranges of ages. You know, you didn't see that at these shows. But, like, if you go to, like, a Metallica concert or if you go to a Pearl Jam concert, you know, pans that have been around for 30, 40 years, yeah. then you'll see that age range. But for some right. reason, the only people that love that hair metal were the people that are around during that time. <laughs> yeah. People that were kids when they were, you know, when the bands were big. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Those bands just didn't stand the test of time. I mean, <laughs> the, guys, the guys that show up with the band's name on their t shirt to that band, you know, don't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the shirt that you had since you were 12 years old that barely fits you anymore. That's all stained yeah, yeah. and bleached. Yeah, don't be that guy. <laughs> no, you, you go there and you wear another band's T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't go wearing. Yeah, yeah. That still that, boggles my mind. That's me. <laughs> don't don't do that. <laughs> what the the concert T-shirt? Yeah. Don't don't wear the concert T-shirt of the band you're going to see. You know, no. you buy a T-shirt while you're there and then wear that to another band's concert. You know, I went. It's like a Slipknot show last year wearing a completely different band that wasn't on it. And everyone's like, why are you wearing that? I'm like, because I'm not a freaking Mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. I'll buy a shirt while I'm here, but I'm not going to wear it. Yeah, no, don't, don't, don't be that guy. <laughs> or the guy that, you know, dresses up exactly like the band. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the posers. The, the, or the, my favorite, the Kiss Army. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When I was, I think when I was like, 13 that was you know that was the band to listen to and i'm like yeah i i i think i had a kiss album and then my next album that i bought was robin trower live <laughs> i never got kiss yeah never it, understood it it was it was they were the big thing back in the day you know i mean we're talking like back in the mid 70s early 70s yeah yeah they were they, they were, were kind the, of the uh the purveyors and the uh originators of hair metal and glam rock yeah they, they were kind of an extension of glam rock and then you know the the hair bands and um they were kind of the yeah the pioneers there for the hair bands i think if, if not for kiss you wouldn't have had bands like slayer or you know 
all these other hair bands. Yeah. Um, Kiss, you know, as much people give them shit, especially me, they did, you know, open doors for a lot of different bands as well. Right, right. They just kind of brought brought alternative rock to the forefront. You know, it it, it opened a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. Because um, at that time, I mean, other than, you know, Ozzy, I mean, you had Pink Floyd and you had, you know, Zeppelin. But other than that, I mean, it wasn't very, it was very disco-esque in the 70s. And that yeah. rock and metal was kind of like the, the, the bad boy thing to do. And then you started getting punk toward right. the, you know, the late seventies and stuff like that. And, and it kind of kicked off the eighties, but like, you know, it was, it again, started off as anti-establishment, anti, you know, this and right. being very rebellious. Yeah. And for a while there, American music kind of lost that, you know, it became, became, I always use the word term, term dumbed down, but you know, there were, you know, there was a lot of, lot of similar sounding music because i think that's what the, the the large companies well this is marketable now so let's make more of it yep and then we'll you know we'll force feed it to everybody it's like well what about some variety people and that's what they do today too i mean oh yeah that hasn't changed at all no and that's why i think the indie artist and the indie label is so important um it keeps other people on their toes because now it's right. like okay you know fine if you know, if you want to give me the same album ten different times by ten different bands or ten different artists, I'm gonna go over here and listen to something different and original. Right. It's like a it's like a job listing. You know, you list a job and there's 400 applicants. You know, you don't put an application in, somebody else sure as hell will. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of the, you know, my take on the indie artist. You know, if if they're there, they're gonna they're gonna fill a spot that somebody else doesn't want to fill. Exactly, and they're eventually gonna blow up because of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's their shot, you know. Yeah, and the bands that aren't taking advantage of that now are missing out because, you know, in a year from now when we're potentially looking at starting back up festivals and concerts again, you know, I really wonder, you know, how much of a fan base some of these larger bands have lost because oh, they yeah. they dropped out of existence during this time when we needed them the most. And I wonder yeah. how much of those those indie bands are now going to be like selling out these small little venues and now looking at going okay, maybe we should hook up with some of these bigger bands or something like that because we can't yeah. we can't do this anymore. And I'm really yeah. curious to see what kind of changing of the tides is going to happen here. I think you're going to see a lot of fresh faces come out of this. Um, just because there's so many people getting either getting back into it or getting into it a bit heavier yeah. and trying to push and promote themselves a little bit more because people are hungry for it, man. They really, really are. I know I am, um, yeah. you know, especially, and I've said this before, but um, especially as somebody who that suffers from bipolar disorder and anxiety and stuff like that, I use music as an outlet sometimes. Yeah. Um, because meds don't always work and, you know, this or that. And I, I have my dad bad days, but music always brings me out of it. And yeah. especially if there's a good song that I know I can listen to and brings me out of it. But after a while, listening to that same song or that same playlist over and over and over again, it, my mind just kind of like, you know, I don't, 
I can't do this anymore. It's not working for me. And yeah. this year, you know, the indie band has been there because it's all new music, all stuff I've never yeah. heard before. And it's you need to find you need to find a new stimulus. Exactly. And I found it yeah. with the indie band. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Yeah. There's been so much yeah. good stuff out there this year that it's 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 mind boggling that these people have never gotten the the recognition they deserve. Yeah, I, that's what I always tell people. I said, you know, turn off your radio and and go online and you know look for look for different music. There's so much better music out there. Yeah. Um, I just you know give it a chance. Yeah, I mean, find a good indie label and latch on to it, or again, just look up indie artists on Spotify or Amazon or whatever, and you'll yeah. find it, and you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised that some oh, of yeah. these bands are better than the bigger bands. Yeah, they're they're got they've got more original sounding material. Yeah, you know, um, some of them you can hear some you know pretty heavy influences from some other bands, but. You know, a lot of that, I wonder if that's because they've collaborated on different, you know, bands that like the, I know Nashville's got a, a lot of really good indie artists. Um, uh, Dixie Narcos comes to mind there. I, I like their sound. Um, give them a listen. Um, so, you know, how much of that is, how much of that is people in the business that know each other that do studio work for each other you know exactly yeah but and, and then also i'm finding too you know a lot of these indie artists used to play guitar or sing or some for some of these bigger bands and, and now are like you know what? i'm gonna go do my own thing because i got sick and tired of the uh the corporate life i'm gonna do it my way now and yeah. now it's like but now they're getting lost in the shuffle even though they have the name recognition behind them and yeah. now they're just kind of lost yeah that's too bad and you know you hope they make it yeah or like me you know like me i just um like i told somebody recently i said i will do this even if i'm not making anything at it you know yeah. i just i enjoy it and it's it's therapeutic you know it's very therapeutic yeah music in general whether you're playing it or listening to it like we just we both just said 100 percent therapeutic yeah, you know it really and, is, and I have I'm the type of guy that I've got to be learning something all the time, you know. I I just um, I was in <laughs> after I got married again, uh, I I went back to school for um, nursing, studied anatomy and physiology. I I gobbled that stuff up, man. I couldn't get enough of it. I studied genetics even. <laughs> um, and uh that on that after doing all the computer stuff so i i'm like this knowledge sucking machine i can't get enough of it you know mm. i always got to be learning something it's crazy and that's the way we should be i mean doesn't matter if you're 12 or 60 yeah you know you always need to be learning something new if you're not yeah. learning something new every day you're not trying hard enough yeah, I, I see so many people, you know, they get out of high school and they go to college and they get their degree and then that's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, they, they work at that task, that special task for the rest of their lives, never, 
you know, never going above and beyond what they are already. Yeah. I, I don't understand that mentality. I don't either. <laughs> to be I mean, honest with you, I don't. But it's okay. I mean, that's how we get doctors and lawyers. <laughs> but, you know, uh, to each their own. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. Not wrong at all. Um, Brian, man, you are with everything that you've had to deal with in your life and, you know, the, the motivations that you have, I, I want to say you're a very inspiring person and, Thanks. um, I, I appreciate everything you do. You know, the, the music is amazing, you know, especially for somebody who doesn't listen to that type of music to actually be able to sit down and get lost for two or three hours in your yeah. music is amazing. Um, well, so, you know, I appreciate, I mean, this weekend I was cleaning and, you know, doing some editing and doing other things, having your music on in the background. It was just, it, it's exactly what it was supposed to do. And it did it. And yeah. um, I hope other people discover you again. His, <laughs> music to listen to while in an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. Anything but that. Um, no, it's better than elevator music. Um <laughs> No, again, that was just a bad <laughs> reference to kind of get other people to understand what I was going for. I love it. <laughs> no, it's better than um better than elevator music, but no, in all seriousness, it's um it, it's it's really good. It's it's different. Um, it's something that you can just kind of listen to in in the background and really kind of it, it does its purpose. It does serve its purpose. I I was able to focus. And I was able to take my mind off of everything and really put it into the work that I was doing. And, yeah. you know, it really kind of touched me in a way that I didn't expect it to do. So, you know, from honestly, from my heart to yours, thank you very much, man. It, it's awesome music. Welcome. Yeah, glad glad you enjoy it. Absolutely. And the link to all of this stuff in Spotify is, again, tagged in this video and the podcast. Please click it down below. His Instagram is down there as well and also his website so if you guys need anything else from him please feel free to reach out but you know please take a listen to him on spotify you will not not regret it all right thanks hey no problem brian <laughs> again you are a, an inspiration to a lot of us and i really do want to say thank you thanks thanks derek no problem you have a great rest of your day now you too all right bye-bye bye All right, guys, and that's our Tuesday. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks again to Brian. He's an awesome guy. Again, check out all the links for his stuff in the video and the podcast down below. But until tomorrow, please stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, stay heavy. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace.